There's a Greek myth. It's the myth of Cassandra. She was the daughter of King Troy, and she was given this amazing prophetic gift. Everything she saw hap going to happen actually did happen. But she rejected the romance of Apollo, and so he cursed her to be accurate in her prophecy, but never believed. You know, it felt like Cassandra in 2008. I remember meeting with Michelle Bachman at the Republican convention. I said, there is going to be a naked short-selling attack on the stock market, and it will change the U.S. election. My mom was diagnosed with cancer, so I rushed home. I didn't pursue it, and I watched in horror as all this unplayed in the 2008 financial collapse. You know, I warned about the naked short selling, and I even wrote a book about it. And the title of it is Secret Weapon. And I said the American banks would be targeted that would alter the election. We saw them go down one by one. Bear Stearns had already gone down. But then we saw Lehman Brothers and then the attack on Goldman Sachs. And, you know, every weekend you, you'd go home on a Friday and you'd come out on a Monday, wake up, and your bank name had changed. And every warning came true. And after it started to happen, I was hired by the Department of Defense. And I wrote this book on my uh, journey there, titled Secret Weapon, How Economic Terrorism Took Down the U.S. Stock Market and Why It Could Happen Again. You know, since then, everything I feared has happened, almost like clockwork. At that time, our debt was about $10 trillion when I was warning about this. Now it's over $33 trillion. And central banks have responded exactly as I predicted. I even had a section in here on page 174 called the BRIC danger. I mean, nobody had even heard of what the BRICS nations were. I said they would target the U.S. dollar, and guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. We also have this. This is a report I wrote in 2016. I wrote it for uh, the state of Utah in January 2016. You know, the sad thing is I met Ken Ivory recently with him here at Liberty Hawk, and we talked about that, and he said, Kevin, you, know, you scared our pants off, and yet you understated the problem. Well, a little bit I did understate the problem. Things have gotten a lot worse than we ever expected. You know, we've had massive government stimulus and bond buying that has driven interest rates to near zero, and that's what happened. Coming out of the Great Recession, we saw the central banks just buy every bond in sight. They printed money. They created what was known as ZERP, Zero Interest Rate Policy, ZERP. And then there was NERP, negative interest rate policy. Fortunately, we didn't have a lot of that here in the United States. But not long ago, in Germany and around the world, really, governments were telling you, if you had money in the bank, you paid the bank interest. They didn't pay you interest. $16 trillion was lent at negative interest rates. That's just crazy, where you're investing your money and you're having to pay for the privilege of investing it. Then COVID hit and things really accelerated. We went from $20 trillion in debt to $30 trillion in debt. And we told you that was going to happen in early 2021. We had a, a, a big episode called Things Have Changed. We were under uh, something called TINA. There is no alternative. You know what that meant? TINA meant that where could you put your money? If you put it in the bank, they pay you zero, or you might have to pay for the privilege of investing your money in the bank. Uh, so where do you put your money? There is no alternative, so it was all stocks all the time. Now I'm going to quote Investopedia. It says, what is TINA? TINA is an acronym for there is no alternative. It is often used... Uh, um, to justify, by investors, to justify lackluster performance by stocks on the grounds that other asset classes offer even worse returns. 
Acceptance of TINA can lead to the TINA effect, a phenomenon in which stocks rise only because investors see no viable alternative place to put their money. In particular, during times when bonds are performing poorly, stocks appear to be the only choice. Now, TINA has shifted to THC. Things have changed. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the thing that's in cannabis or marijuana, THC here. It's things have changed. And so on February 11th of uh, 2021, episode 125, we aired titled Things Have Changed. And we warned we were in a low inflation, meaning low interest rate environment, which caused higher stock prices. Then we had COVID relief. Where do you put all the money? Uh, COVID relief, people were getting money. They, they had to spend it somewhere, right? So they paid down their, their debts a little bit and they spend it. The economic reality though, when you put all that money into the economy, you're going to have inflation. Nobody believed us when we said it. The economy felt like Wiley Coyote. You know how he runs off the cliff and there's nothing underneath him and then he realizes it and falls. We said inflation is coming. Oh, the Federal Reserve, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's transitory. It's not going to happen. Well, that transitory has hit your wallet, hasn't it? We are facing a serious problem. Now, I want to look at our United States federal debt relative to our gross domestic product. Here we were in about, look at this. This is right here. At that point, we were about $20 trillion. It rose to where we are now today, almost 34 trillion. It's growing rapidly. I mean, we were at, at 31.8 trillion dollars just, just in April. We've gone up 1.6 trillion since April. All of that, temp, the inflation, all the increased interest rates, the, the higher amount of money we owe, that's caused stocks to struggle recently. And that's what we've seen in the stock market. Stocks, the stock market has begun to struggle. Here's the Fed Fund's effective rate. Here's where we were with a zero interest rate policy. Here's where we are now, over 5%. That is a huge jump. And we're talking about a jump that's taken place really here at 0% at COVID. It's taken place in just about a year and a half. So all that temporary inflation, all the things that we're facing, how are we going to get out of this? Who's going to buy our debt? We have $34 trillion now in debt, and we're going to have $50 trillion by the end of this decade. Well, we're seeing the interest rate effect of that. Federal government expenditures and annualized interest payments, this has come from the St. Louis Fed and Zero Hedge. This thing has gone just crazy from, you know, we're in the $400 billion range. We're talking about almost a trillion dollars, and it's headed to $1.6 trillion dollars that we're going to pay in interest only. What happens then? What happens if we go to 10% interest rates? You know, the entire federal tax receipts that we get from every individual is about two and a half trillion dollars. If we had to pay 10% interest today, and we've had 10% interest in the past before, if we had to pay 10% interest, here I'll show you, there's, there we were paying almost 20% interest rate at that point. What happens if we get there? If we get to 10% interest rates, we're technically bankrupt as a nation. We're going to have another economic crisis. What happens? The IMF is going to probably be called to bail us out. And the elites have a terrible plan to take over your money. It's called central bank digital currency, Biden bucks, programmable money. We're in a new era. We're jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. This is a serious economic problem. What are we going to do about it? We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start working on plans 
First, we're going to see the implications for your portfolio and your investments, and then we're going to start working on plans. How do we get out of this mess? Let's take a break, and then we'll be back. If you didn't realize it before, we face a mess of troubles. And when you ramp, ramp from $10 trillion in debt 15 years ago to $34 trillion in debt almost right now, I mean, we're $33.5 trillion and we're approaching $34 trillion, it's going to create a whole lot of problems. And this is a massive change from what we've seen in the past. For example, let's go back to the interest rate chart here. We were at 20% interest rates when I graduated from college right there in 1980, and, and then it got to 0% just a year and a half ago, and now we're approaching back to 5%. These are major, major shifts in the economy. That's why we said things have changed. So if there's an economic crisis ahead, what's it going to look like? I'm going to give you 10 things that you need to watch out for. When we go through these 10 things, then we'll come up with an action plan. How do you protect yourself? How do we protect our nation? So the 10 things, we'll walk through them one at a time. 10 things to watch out for. Number one, a slowing economy that will not eliminate inflation. Now, why do I say that? Well, because the economy, traditionally, if we slow the economy, it means inflation goes down. That was true for 40 years. I graduated in 1983 from college, and for 40 years we've seen Every time that the economy slows, we see interest rates go down and we see inflation go down. That's not going to happen going forward. Why? Because we let the genie out of the inflation bottle. People now are demanding, I need higher wages. You see it when you walk by restaurants and they're offering $15, $16 an hour. You see it when the, the auto workers are demanding and striking. People want more money. And we also see the cost of goods and services go up. We also see the fact that the Federal Reserve is losing a little bit of control of the money supply. We have a new higher threshold. Prices are not going to go down. If you saw gas at a dollar a gallon, uh, you're not going to see that again. You're not going to see maybe $2, maybe $3. They'll bounce around. But the new inflation, I'm telling you, is here to stay. And that means that stock market gains are no longer automatic. And let's look at the stock market chart here. Here's a 100-year chart on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. In that 100-year chart, it really bounced around, and you can see it bouncing around until 1982, right there. And from 1982 to the present, it has been massively up. This is a very unusual period for stock prices. Sure, we've had recessions, and sure, we had the COVID drop, but overall, the trend has been pretty high, pretty much higher. That's a 100-year chart on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's not always like that. If you took a 100-year chart at any one of these points going back, it wouldn't be that straight up as we've seen for the last 40 years. So. Watch out, stock market gains are no longer going to be automatic. And we're going to see multiple fiscal cliffs. We just saw one where the Speaker of the House was ousted uh, because there's a fiscal cliff. Are we going to close the government and all that? We're going to see those on an increasing basis going forward. So the first trend is slowing economy. Second, without, without lower inflation. The second trend, stock market gains that are no longer automatic. The third trend is multiple fiscal cliffs. Now here's the fourth trend, the housing dilemma. On the housing dilemma, we got to watch out. Here are 30-year fixed rate mortgage interest rates. Again, from 1982 until recently, we saw interest rates falling sharply. 
I mean, we were almost at 20% fixed mortgage rates. We got down to 3%. Did you refinance your house at 3%? If you did, you did great. Here's the problem though. When interest rates have spiked sharply higher, and we haven't seen spikes like that since the late 1970s. That's the last time we saw this big jump. Now people are paying over 7% for 30-year mortgages. The problem is, is that we have an inventory issue. Anyone who was financing their mortgage at 3% doesn't want to buy a new house now. Oh, I can't afford to get out of the house I'm in to get into a new house. Why? Because I'd give up my 3% interest. We also see demand right now decreasing because the rates are going higher. So the inventory is going down and the demand is going down and so the prices are staying high and rents are very high as well. All of this contributes to inflation. Higher rents means that the mortgage market, the housing market, is going to move in fits and starts. So if you're looking to buy a home, it's a scary time. You don't want to sell your home, so you're staying in your home, which has created what I've called as a housing dilemma. That housing dilemma, it means that people aren't going to be saving money in their houses like they have in the past. Young people are renting more. You know what the World Economic Forum said? You'll own nothing by the year 2030 and you'll be happy. This is maybe one of those reasons why. All right, the fifth trend is there's a rush to replace workers with artificial intelligence. Why? Because the labor costs are going up and the cost of artificial intelligence is going down. So that's the fifth thing to watch out for. The sixth thing is this is going to lead to increased labor strikes. We already have the writers at uh, Hollywood television shows, movies, etc. went on a big strike. You can't use AI. That isn't going to be the end of artificial intelligence. So watch out for that because AI is going to be replacing workers going forward. Number seven, we're going to see a weakened America on the global stage. Why? Because we're in debt. The Bible says that if you're a borrower, you're a slave to the lender. We owe $34 trillion. We don't have the ability to use the economic weapons that we've used the past 20 or 30 years. Cutting people off from the dollar, they said, good riddance. They'll just go on to the BRICS currency, the Chinese currency, the IMF currency, or whatever they can come up with. So uh, number seven trend will be a weakened America. Number eight trend is when America is weak, you see a risk of a shooting war increase. We've already seen that with Ukraine. We see potential there with China and Taiwan, and we even see all these people crossing our own border, our southern border, coming into America, most of the military age. Could we have a war on our own soil for the first time since the Civil War? I hope not. I pray not. But that's a risk from a weakened America. Number nine, the ninth trend, we're going to see revolt from failed socialism. We already saw the Dallas mayor, Eric Johnson, say, hey, socialism doesn't work. I'm switching. I'm no longer a Democrat. I'm becoming a Republican. The New York mayor, Eric Adams, has basically said, all of these people coming into New York, we can't handle the immigration. Hey, what happened to Sanctuary City, Mayor Adams? We realize we're really messing our country up with the border, with the socialist policies and so forth. In fact, there were 77 Democrats criticizing the Biden border uh, policy. That's just out recently. And then the 10th risk, it's coming. Central bank digital currency. We call it Biden bucks, programmable money, authoritarian crackdowns. We're seeing the World Health Organization grabbing for power, the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations, they're all grabbing for power. 
A weakened America opens up all of these international bodies to try and take control. We need to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk solutions. We've already explained how things have changed. We're now in a brand new interest rate environment, which has repercussions across the board. All of this stems from the $34 trillion of debt. That's increased 3.4 times just since uh, 2008 with that financial crisis. $34 trillion. Hey, buckle up. It's going to $50 trillion before this decade is out. You know, you may look at me and you may say, oh, that's crazy. But I'll tell you, I, we did a COVID episode very early on. We had $20 trillion in debt, and I said, you'll blink your eyes and we'll be over $30 trillion. And that happened exactly like that. Look, uh, I sat, hate to admit it, but this has been Cassandra-like warnings, and we're going down this path. What are we going to do about it? The implications are huge. The implications for your family, but for our nation, for your state. All right, so I've got some answers. Number one you're going to need to take a new investment approach. I wrote a book called Game Plan, and it outlined what it would be like when we uh, face a coming cyber economic attack. In fact, it's Game Plan, How to Protect Yourself from the Coming Cyber Economic Attack. And I said, we, we're going to need a new approach. That book is almost 10 years old. It gave you 10 years of warning and preparation. We covered all those topics in it, and we need a new approach. You know, Jesus talked about not putting new wine in old wineskins. People want to say, well, we'll just go back to the tried and true. The stock market goes up, you know, over time always goes up. Well, maybe not going forward. So what do you do about it? I'm not giving you investment advice. This show is not designed to give investment advice. But what we are designed to do is help you find good investment advice. You need to find an advisor. And I'm not telling you to hire Joe Smith or Sally uh, Jones. I'm telling you to find one who studied these topics that's gone into detail understanding the interest rates, that realizes that things, you know, that if they show you a chart and say, well, this is how it's worked for 100 years, hey, look, that may not be the right advisor for you. Why don't you find one who's looking forward and is listening and heeding some of these warnings? So that's what we're doing, is we're trying to help people find advisors, and we're training advisors to say, hey, I don't understand that, but I want to learn about it. So we started the National Security Investment Consultant Institute. That's our number one answer for this problem. We're training financial advisors at Liberty University and here at Liberty Hawk Ranch. You can learn more at nsic.org. Four decades ago, when I started in this business, the great bull market began. But things have changed. Interest rates that hit rock bottom are now going back up. Now, your situation's unique. Maybe you need all stocks. Maybe you're younger and that makes sense for you. Maybe you need all bonds. Maybe you need alternative investments. How do you know? That's why you need professional advice. And I'm not giving it to you. What I am doing is telling you to find a good financial advisor. And if you're not confident in your financial advisor, send them to us for the NSIC training. There are always ways to make a profit. For example, artificial intelligence. People are looking at that and saying, hey, that is a new area. And we've actually done a summit, a seminar out here uh, a whole week long where we train people about how artificial intelligence works. I didn't do it. I'm not an expert on AI. We brought an expert on AI in it and trained people. So that's our number one answer. Number two answer we talk about all the time on the show is pirate money. Pirate money is an alternative monetary system that's personal that you could select and say, I want to go personally on a gold standard or a silver standard. I don't want my money just in paper money. 
You know, it's, it's a monopoly of the Federal Reserve to print money right now, so technically it's monopoly money, and it's being treated that way. And they're going to eliminate all of that money anyway and move us to central bank digital currency. You've heard all about that on this program. If you haven't, go back and watch some of our prior episodes. Read the battle plans. But we came up with an alternative based on the Constitution. Article 1, Section 10 says a state can make nothing other than gold and silver coins legal tender. We've shown you the technology that works. We've shown states actually model legislation that they can adopt in their state, and they could. Texas, we're working, actually 13 states we're working with that have shown interest. I'll be speaking to uh, people in, in the Texas legislature and the governor's office. I'll be talking to the Florida legislature and the governor's office there. And then we had a big seminar here at Liberty Hawk Ranch. 13 states were represented. They're all interested in how do we give our citizens the opportunity to hold their money in gold and silver without fear of capital gains taxation, making it legal tender so we can kind of personally divest a little from the paper money system that's been set up and thrust upon us. The advantages are huge. They can protect you against inflation. They can give you an alternative monetary system. It can be state-based. It can protect your privacy against central bank di digital currency intrusions. So if you haven't seen it, get the book, Pirate Money. It explains it all. It's a very easy read and explains start to finish. That's our number two answer here uh, on how we're going to protect ourselves going forward. Now, our number three answer is state-based solutions. We need to return to federalism. Your local government can play a role in this. They're the ones that cracked down on you during COVID. Well, guess what? They have all this authority. We can reverse that tide by talking to our government officials and getting them to protect us from the coming economic problems. Like border solutions. You know, a lot of our problems are all these people streaming across the border. Well, hey, here's a solution. Governor Abbott sent people uh, to New York and, and other places. He put them on buses. And Governor DeSantis did the same thing. We have been solving that at the state level. States have a lot of authority under the Constitution. We even proposed a solution called Sue and Settle, where we recommended other states sue Texas for failing to protect the border. Then Texas says, hey, it's not our fault. The federal government's not taking care of us. And then we go to court at the Supreme Court, which is where states have to go to battle litigation. And then we settle with them and say, oh, you're right. We're being invaded, and under the Constitution, a state that's being invaded has a right to field an army to protect its borders. At the state level, we can do all kinds of things for ESG and pro-life and all the problems that we're seeing. So that's the third solution. The fourth solution is you need to make your voice heard. That's why we produce our economic battle plans, so we can tell you how to work with people like the Sovereignty Coalition or like the Committee on the Present Danger China. Watch our episodes. Go back and watch the old episodes, and we bring the best and brightest minds with solutions into the war room. We write up their solutions in our economic battle plan, and then you can coordinate with them, work with them. Our fifth solution, we need to cry out to God. We talk about this all the time, too, the economic war of the heart. If you make money your ultimate goal, and you worry about your money, instead of putting your treasure in heaven, I'm sorry, we're going to lose this war. We're going to lose the economy. We're going to lose our society. We're going to lose our liberty. But if you instead say that money is a weapon, something we can use, or giving, spending, and investing to protect our liberty, security, and values, oh, now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the opportunity to cry out to God and say, God, please help us. Money's not our goal. You're our goal. Liberty, security, and values. 
All of these things we're going to summarize in this week's free economic battle plan. You can get your copy at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.